WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me. Five o'clock. Good morning. It is Thursday, September 28th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. The rain is back today. Clouds this morning. Chance of rain this afternoon. High 66. Tonight, overnight, some pop-up showers, low 60. And then Friday, yeah, more showers in the forecast again, high 64. If you're walking out the door with us right now, 56 and cloudy in Hempstead out on Long Island. 52 and partly cloudy in Booton down in New Jersey. And it is 55 and cloudy here in Midtown. So much to get to as we work our way up. Six o'clock hour, Sid and friends in the morning. Did you watch the Republican White House debate from the Ronald Reagan Library in California last night? Republican candidates standing on stage. Donald Trump. As you no doubt you probably know, not there, but the rest of the candidates in the race were. It started last night. It was on the Fox News channel. Tim Scott, the Republican from South Carolina, he got things started last night. We must make sure that we honor the commitments that we make. And one of the ways that we do that, do not overpromise and then underdeliver. Okay, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy says he doesn't have a lot of patience for the union bosses, uh, talking about the UAW and some of the other unions that have gone on strike recently. So I understand that hardship is not a choice, but victimhood is a choice, and we choose to be victorious in the United States of America. Nikki Haley, the former South Carolina governor, taking the stage, of course, talking about how we need to secure the border, defend sanctuary cities, or defund, rather. I should say defund sanctuary cities. When Joe Biden waved the green flag, it told everybody to come. And now we've seen six million people cross the border. We've had more fentanyl that have killed Americans in the Iraq, Vietnam, or Afghanistan wars combined. Okay, so you're asking, Noam, was there any really fascinating, interesting blow-you-away moments at this debate last night? Well, okay. Uh, Haley, uh, Nikki Haley, taking on Ramaswamy, uh, saying that she thought she was getting dumber listening to him. That was kind of an entertaining moment. This is infuriating because TikTok <laughs> is one of the most dangerous social media apps yes, that is. we could have. And what you've got, I honestly, every time I hear you, I feel a little bit dumber for what you say. <laughs> because I can't believe you know, they hear that you've got a TikTok situation. What they're doing is these 150 million people are on TikTok. That means they can get your contacts, they can get your financial information, they can get your emails, they can Let get just text say, messages, they can get all this of is important. This is China very important for our exactly party. exactly what they're this doing. This is very important what for our party. This is kind of what it sounded like a lot of the night. So like a lot of three of us are talking at the same time. You can't understand what's going on. This was a lot of the night. Tim Scott uh, trying to, you know, get his moment uh, on stage last night and just being shouted down by everybody. When we have a conversation about the things that are happening on this stage. We think about the fact that Vivek just said we were all good people. And I appreciate that because last debate, he said we were all bought and paid for. And I thought about that for a little while and said, you know, I can't imagine how you could say that knowing that you were just in business with the Chinese Communist Party and the same people that funded... 
Hunter Biden millions of dollars was a partner this of yours as well. It's not nonsense. So look, I want to respond. These these are good people who are tainted by a broken system, and it's not the fault I, I think you of anybody who's involved. Some of us are tainted. Excuse me. Line is when you say excuse me. Thank you for speaking while I'm interrupting. Well, no, you said by people. And it's hard to imagine anybody was sitting through this. You can't be on both sides. Gentlemen, you'll have your turn. You know, rely on the Fox people to get things in order. They didn't do a great job of that. I mean, why would anybody sit through this? this in China. If I may, everybody knows that. If I may, if I may address... focus on holding Joe Biden <laughs> accountable. You know, you learn in radio that if someone's speaking, just shut up so you can hear what they have to say. These guys don't understand that when it comes to radio or TV. I actually agree with Ron DeSantis. Okay, so there was, let's see, former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie going after Donald Trump. Of course, that's been his whole thing, and going after the Biden administration last what night. What we have to do now is first treat this like the law enforcement problem it is. Our laws are being broken every day at the southern border. Every day. And Joe Biden and his crew is doing nothing about enforcing that law. Okay. Uh, I get, we should get everybody a shot. Here, here's Ron DeSantis. People in Washington are shutting down the American dream with their reckless behavior. They borrowed, they printed, they spent, and now you're paying more for everything. They are the reason for that. North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum, uh, definitely the least recognizable of the crew last night. Every time the federal government's involved, whether it's higher education, health care, or now the auto industry, things get more expensive and less competitive. <laughs> And uh, Christie, of course, going after yeah, Christie going after President Biden and Trump. Uh, so maybe these were the moments that will be most remembered. Let's see. Uh, I don't want to play all these. I don't have all day. Joe Biden hides in his basement and won't answer as to why he's raising the debt the way he's done. And Donald Trump hides behind the walls of his golf clubs and won't show up here to answer questions like all the rest of us are up here to answer. Yeah, so Christie kept knocking Donald Trump for not being there. And, uh, well, here was, I guess, his moment of the night. You're not here tonight because you're afraid of being on the stage and defending your record. You're ducking these things. And let me tell you what's going to happen. You keep doing that, no one up here is going to call you Donald Trump anymore. We're going to call you Donald duck okay maybe that was the moment yeah so uh after the debate trump uh, attacked christie on truth social saying he had a nine percent approval rating as governor and that new jersey wanted to throw the bum out when he was governor of that state wabc news time 508 while those other republicans were on that stage in california for last night's debate the former president donald trump was in michigan talking to united auto workers most of them were actually retired workers. There's this whole political thing going on of who he gets to speak to and who he doesn't. But uh, here he was speaking to auto workers last night, railing against President Biden and electric cars. Biden's cruel and ridiculous electrical. He wants electric vehicle mandates that will spell the death of the U.S. auto industry. He went on to say the UAW's current negotiation doesn't mean a whole lot as uh, because regardless of the outcome of the strike, he says the real danger to these auto workers are electric cars. He's selling you out to China. He's selling you out to the environmental extremists and the radical left. People have no idea. You can be loyal to American labor or you can be loyal to the environmental lunatics, but... You can't really be loyal to both. So the president in uh, former president in Michigan last night, as those other Republicans were on the debate stage, five 
10 over to Philadelphia, a story that was essentially breaking as we came on to the air yesterday. Uh, those teenagers who were ransacking department stores, uh, stores in downtown Philadelphia on Tuesday night. Uh, retailers yesterday assessing all the damage that was done after that looting in Philly. What we had tonight was a bunch of criminal opportunists take advantage of a situation and make an attempt to destroy our city. Yeah, the deputy commissioner there, John Stanford, says police responding to Center City. Uh, these looters, they cleaned out an Apple store, a Lulu Lemon store, a Foot Locker. It was about 100 people, they think, that took part in all of this. They've made about 55 arrests. The looting following some peaceful protests that had taken place earlier in the day involving a police shooting. And um, they want to point out, the police say, they don't think these looters had anything to do with that protest that was taking place essentially at the same time. We made arrests and we will continue to make arrests until we have uh, all of the individuals or a number of the individuals that have been responsible for what we've seen tonight. 511, let's go overseas. So the U.S. soldier who crossed into North Korea without permission is back in American custody. Earlier today, he was transported to the border between North Korea and China where he was met by our ambassador to the People's Republic of China, Nicholas Burns. So State Department spokesman Matthew Miller there thanking Sweden and China for helping U.S. Army Private Travis King leave North Korea. Earlier on the day Wednesday, North Korean state media had announced King would be expelled from their country. From Dandong, China, to Xinjiang, China, and then on from Xinjiang to Osan Air Force Base in South Korea, where he was transferred to the Department of Defense. So Miller says King is ready to return home from South Korea. Not clear if he's actually on his way home just yet. He is now on his way to the United States. Oh, there we and go. we expect him to arrive in the coming hours. Okay, so King was taken into North Korean custody in July after he bolted across the DMZ during a tour rather than board a flight back home to the U.S. North Korea said at the time that King confessed that he had illegally entered the country due to what, this is what they quote, alleged inhumane maltreatment and racial discrimination with inside the U.S. Army. 512, okay, let's bring it back home down to Washington. The Senate Minority Leader says the Senate will try to reach a bipartisan agreement to avoid a government shutdown. For those of us who are concerned about the border and want it to be improved, the Border Patrol and the ICE agencies have to continue to work for nothing. So Senator Mitch McConnell there emphasizing that concerns about the border, that's might be what's holding up some of this government shutdown talk, can't be addressed if the government shuts down. The Kentucky Republican says the Senate and House are quite different on this. Uh, Senator John Barrasso says that Americans deserve a government that's open and a border that's closed. I don't think that's likely, uh, more likely to happen in a shutdown than with the government open. We're going to continue to try to reach an agreement, pass it on a bipartisan basis, and hopefully keep the government open. Yeah, so the Senate has a deal ready to go. The House just not on board yet. Uh, of course, they were talking about illegal immigration there and that those numbers reaching new heights. No surprise. Texas Republican Senator Ted Cruz says... President Biden, the vice president, continue to ignore the problem they've created at the border. Where's Joe Biden? Where's Kamala Harris? Where's even a single Democrat senator?
It was interesting. Yesterday, he equated the illegal immigrants to modern-day slaves who are beholden to the cartels. There were more than 4,000 crossing into the Texas border town of Eagle Pass alone just last weekend. Where's AOC? I assume she still has her white pantsuit. She just can't be bothered to cry in front of the Biden cages. Because with Trump no longer in the White House, suddenly the suffering of those kids doesn't matter. Senator Cruz just wants to know why the White House continues to ignore this problem. You cannot see what is happening and defend it. Yeah, and then yesterday, Texas Governor Greg Abbott, he was here in New York City. Of course, he's responsible for some of the migrants that have made it here. We are a sanctuary city. He's taken some of the migrants that crossed the U.S.-Mexico border into Texas and put them on buses here to the city. And here he was yesterday in New York City. In fact, he was right here at 77 WABC. Many so-called sanctuary cities such as New York have the daunting task of housing migrants who arrive by bus from the border on a daily basis. Texas Republican Governor Greg Abbott on 77 WBC's Cats and Cosby program says New York City's handling of the migrant crisis is minuscule compared to other cities and towns across the country. Eagle Pass, Texas has a population of 28,000 people. In one day, they had about 10,000 people be dumped off in Eagle Pass, Texas. One third of the population were illegal migrants. I'm Bob Brown for 77 WABC News. And that surge of migrants arriving in New York once again serving as a flashpoint in the fight on Capitol Hill over the president's border and immigration policies. House Republicans convening a hearing yesterday. And two people who were there were New York Assemblywoman Jamie Williams and uh, City Councilwoman Joanne Areola, Republican. They both testified, railing against plans to use Floyd Bennett Field as a shelter for the migrants. It's a transit desert and has no infrastructure, no plumbing, no electricity, no sewage system. It's not about politics today. It is about our national resources. It's about opening a door to our national parks that can then set a precedent to happen in each and every one of the national parks in each and every one of your your states. And those two urging Congress to revoke the recently signed lease agreement between the city and the federal government to use Floyd Bennett Field to set up a migrant tent city. All right, 515, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk. Happy Friday Eve. Good morning, Justin Elliott. Happy Friday Eve. Good morning to you, Noam Alayden. We'll start on the diamond here, where the Yankees have decided to play some really solid baseball when it doesn't matter, beating the Blue Jays once again last night, this time by a score of 6 to nothing to take the first two of a three-game set and secure the series win. It was the Bomber Superstars who continued to shine for New York with Ace Gare Cole. Pitching a complete game, a two-hit shutout to near his second ALERA title, uh, while Captain Aaron Judge homered twice for his 36th and 37th home runs of the year. As for Toronto, they are still in possession for the second AL wildcard, a half game ahead of Houston and two games in front of Seattle. As for the Mets, they split their doubleheader at home against the Marlins yesterday, winning the first game 11-2 before falling in the second by a score of 4-2. to with the win in the second game, Miami still holds their playoff prospects in their own hands. Miami is tied for the third NL wild card with the Chicago Cubs, who lost 6-5 to five in 10 innings at, uh, at NL East champion Atlanta yesterday. Both teams are 82-76 and 76 with four games left, and the Marlins have the head-to-head tiebreaker there. Speaking of the aforementioned Atlanta Braves, with their win last night, they secured the number one seed in the National League playoffs. Also of note, from that game, Ronald Acuna all but locked up the National League MVP award with his steal of second base in the 10th inning, making him the first player in Major League Baseball history to hit at least 40 home runs and steal 70 
faces in a season. So a big, big year out of Acuna there, coming off injury, of course. And now we move over to basketball with our first dose of NBA news in a while. The Portland Trailblazers traded guard Damian Lillard to play alongside Giannis Antetokounmpo with the Milwaukee Bucks as part of a three-team deal. How how good was I just saying that name, by the way? Can that was unbelievable. It? Came how, right off I mean, my uh, goodness there, yeah. gracious. That was the best I've ever done. <laughs> very, very boring. <laughs> Let's see if I can do it again. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Oh, there my God. Go. I'm on a roll, Lewis. Winning machine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so you got Lillard heading to uh, Milwaukee to be with Giannis as part of a three-team deal. That also includes the Phoenix, Phoenix Suns. Phoenix Suns. Phoenix Suns, it seems to not see us. How is it that you have a problem with that? I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) I can't decide here. Portland uh, Portland receives Drew Holiday, DeAndre Aiden, Tumani Kamara, Milwaukee's 2029 unprotected first round of draft pick and unprotected Milwaukee swap rights in 2028 and 2030, while the Suns receive Yusuf Nurkic, Grayson Allen, Nasir Little, and Keon Johnson as part of the trade package. And last but most certainly not least, week four of the NFL season gets underway tonight. No, with this week's edition of Thursday Night Football featuring the Detroit Lions in Green Bay to kick it off with the Packers. The Lions are currently one and a half road favorites in what should be a tight matchup there. That's Wait, what you, you missed uh, maybe the biggest sports story of the last 24 hours. What is it? That uh, Taylor Swift has oh, now said God, she will be at the Jets game on know, Sunday night when Kansas City comes to town along with her boyfriend, no, she Travis. She hasn't said that. She is, No, she said she's going to be there now. Where? Where? I have it. I you, have good word that you she's have going good to be word. there. Yeah. From who? Uh, from her camp. She's in New York. She's oh, on a break her, from her okay. tour. So now Noam Layden has the inside scoop on the Taylor Swift She camp. is going to be there. I, I, I'm telling you. I, why would I make that up? She's going to be at the game on Sunday night. Oh, so I'll yeah. take your word for it. The NFL loves this, by the way. I hate it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I do too, a little bit. All right, thank you, you very much, uh, Justin Ellick. WABC News Time 521. Let's go out to San Francisco. That's where the president was yesterday. He says the U.S. needs to make investments in science and technology. I don't know how we can be the safest, most secure, and healthiest nation in the world without significant investment in science and technology. The president speaking at a meeting with the Council of Advisors on Science and Technology in San Fran. Fifteen American technology companies. He's talking about AI. Uh, Here's the president on AI, artificial intelligence. Fifteen American technology companies have already begun to implement voluntary commitments to help ensure that AI technology is safe, secure, and trustworthy before it's released to the public. So he says he's going to take executive action on AI as well. My administration is going to continue to work with bipartisan legislation so America leads the way toward responsible AI innovation. Yeah, so again, today, those 15 American tech companies have already made commitments to make sure AI technology is safe before releasing it to the public. Let's go overseas. North Korea criticizing Japan over the release of contaminated treated nuclear wastewater into the Pacific in Tokyo. Reporter Chris Grilbert says uh, this comes after China placed a total ban on all Japanese seafood after discharging that water. Kim Song is ambassador to the UN and told the General Assembly that Japan started the release in defiance of strong protests and criticism from the international community, saying it'll cause irrevocable damage to the safety of humanity and the marine environment. Tokyo has been monitoring the effects on the environment and water near the discharge site since it was launched last month, and it's found that levels of tritium, a radionuclide that cannot be removed from the water, are well lower than expected. Chris Gilbert, Tokyo. 
Archaeologists making this incredible discovery in northeastern France, they uncovered an ancient stone with the skeleton of a woman inside. It's a rare find for scientists who say the unlooted stone tomb would have been sealed off around the 2nd century AD with other items found next to the woman's skeleton, including a mirror, comb and small oil lamps. The sarcophagus was used back in ancient times to bury the wealthy, with researchers now able to use this intact coffin to learn more about the past. Sarah Coates, Paris. Nearly 20 million Americans say they've experienced long COVID last year. This according for, to a new study from the CDC. It's something that researchers are trying to get a better handle on understanding. And, you know, we're starting the long path to see if we can uh, develop some innovative treatments for it. So Baylor infectious disease expert Dr. Peter Hotez there says this latest report signals impending problems for the nation's health care system. Long COVID is a condition where patients still have symptoms for weeks, months after they cleared the action, actual COVID infection. Someone I hang out with in the dog park still has it and got COVID like a year ago and still having brain fog, which is awfully frightening. And they don't really know what's behind it all. Are we going to be looking at lifelong disability? So it's still a work in progress. Yeah, that's the fear of this guy who has brain fog. He says uh, his memory is just gone. Almost, he says, like Alzheimer's and uh, he's gone to the doctor and they don't know what to tell him. Especially for people with cardiovascular illness or respiratory illness from long COVID. Yeah, uh, this is a real issue. And again, scientists, doctors say they don't know really what's behind it or yet how to cure it. 525 late night television shows are going to return next week following the end of the writer's strike. Several major late night television shows announced plans to begin airing new shows by this coming Monday. In agreement late Tuesday between the writers union and the studios marks the end to the bitter dispute that led to the May walkout and has shut down most U.S. film and television production. There's no timeline yet for the return of scripted shows, as actors remain on strike for now. Ira Spitzer, San Francisco. Yeah, talking about that SAG-AFTRA strike yesterday, SAG-AFTRA announced they'll begin negotiations again next week. But the talks, they say, will be attended by several executives from the Actors Union and the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producer SAG-AFTRA members asking for a bigger cut of the revenue from streaming shows and more protections against the use of AI, artificial intelligence. Rick Astley, remember him, uh, the singer from the 80s? He settled a lawsuit with a rapper who says he borrowed heavily from his signature song, Never Gonna Give Up. The suit claimed that rapper Young Gravy hired an impersonator to sing just like Astley. He was so good that listeners thought it actually was Astley singing. Astley asserted that his voice was literally stolen. The two parties entered into mediation on Friday and resolved the case out of court. Details of the settlement have not been disclosed. I'm Phil Hewlett. All right, the opening bell, it rings this morning on Wall Street. After a mixed end to Wednesday trading at the closing bell, Dow lost 68 points. S&P 500 rose by nearly one. The Nasdaq gained nearly 30 points. Investors today, they're going to be keeping an eye out for weekly jobless claim numbers, along with revised GDP data and remarks during a town hall meeting with the Fed chair, Jerome Powell. That'll take place later in the day. Talk Radio 77 WABC. 
It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me. Good morning. It is Thursday, September 28th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Clouds this morning, chance of rain this afternoon, high 66 tonight. Overnight, some pop-up showers, low 60. And unfortunately, the rain hangs around on Friday. Showers in the forecast again, the high 64. If you're walking out the door with us right now, so happy you are. 56 cloudy out in Hempstead on Long Island. 52 and partly cloudy down in Booton in New Jersey. And it is 55 and cloudy here in Midtown. We'll start this half hour with some frightening moments right here in Manhattan for a bunch of people aboard two MTA buses. This was about 3 o'clock yesterday afternoon in Harlem. These two buses driving through, filled with people when shots rang out. Bullets hit both of these buses. Thank God nobody was hit by the gunfire. One bus operator said he heard the shots. His bus was struck in its back grill. The bus driver, I believe he jumped up and made sure nobody was injured and people were just panicking. I had to put the clippers down and went out there making sure everybody's good. Nobody, I don't think nobody got hurt to my understanding. A second bus operator also recalled hearing shots before a bullet sailed through the top side window of the bus. Again, the good news here, none of the riders injured. I was cutting during it, so I don't know. I just, by the time I went out there, it was just a commotion. Everybody's looking and people scattered. I see some cops chasing the dude up the ramp. It was crazy. Yeah, it's happening way too often. Police looking for at least one gunman who was last seen wearing all black and fleeing on foot. The TWU Local 100, which is the union that represents these bus drivers, say it's a miracle that nobody was hit. Uh, one of the two drivers was transported, though, to an area hospital for evaluation. It was because he was totally freaked out by what happened, really shaken up by the incident. Uh, so far, police have made no arrests. Well, this will just get you a little more outraged. A teenager facing charges for allegedly operating a ghost gun ring out of an East Harlem daycare run by his mother. NYPD Counterterrorism Deputy Commissioner Rebecca Weiner alleges 18-year-old Jamal Cooley and two minors manufactured and sold untraceable 3D printed firearms inside this daycare center on East 117th Street. And I should say it's a home-based daycare center, but still it's a daycare center. Investigators recovered a 3D printer, 3D printing tools and plastic filament two completed 3D printed firearms, one 3D printed assault pistol in the final stages of assembly, and one additional 3D printed lower receiver. The daycare first got its license back in February 2021. The uh, find of these guns comes more than a week after that one-year-old died of fentanyl exposure at a daycare center in the Bronx that was a drug mill, a pill mill. We don't want to sit back and think and say that okay we we're doing a great job no we if we found fentanyl in one daycare center and a few days later we're finding guns we have to uh, continue to evolve our product yeah mayor adams reacting to that latest find we got an 18 year old in his room 3d printer he's not making little robotic toys he's making guns that that, that should be scary to everyone 
That's, that's extremely frightening. It is really frightening. The mayor, by the way, going to be on with Sid on Sid and Friends in the morning, 9.15 this morning. I imagine he'll talk about this, the migrant mess, and a whole lot more. First time the mayor has been on with Sid in a while. Definitely, it's always good. Fireworks, uh, big-time interview. Make sure you're listening, 9.15 this morning, 77 WABC, Sid and Friends in the morning. 5.36. Texas Governor Greg Abbott hinting that a lawsuit is coming challenging President Biden's immigration policy. He slammed a plan to give Venezuelan migrants who have made it here work permits. The Texas governor was here right here. 77 WABC yesterday talking about this and more. There probably could not be a worse strategy than temporary protected status. He was on uh, Cats and Cosby yesterday, which is the show on at the other 5 o'clock. We're 5 in the morning. They're 5 in the afternoon. More than a half million Venezuelan migrants will be able to take advantage of these new rules to get work permits. Governor Abbott says that'll just attract more migrants to Texas. And he says some of them, yeah, will be bused here to New York. And part of the role that Texas plays and must play is to hold the Biden administration accountable to the laws that exist on the books. Now, the interesting stat he said yesterday was he thinks he's bussed around 15,000 migrants from Texas to New York City. But these individual towns in Texas have bussed a whole lot more. Here he was on Katz and Cosby last night. I know here in New York, uh, you all are dealing with the, the crisis at the border, but the extent to which people in these large cities across the country are dealing with it is minuscule compared to what we deal with on the border every single day. No doubt about that. You can hear the full interview with Texas Governor Greg Abbott uh, by surfing on over WABCradio.com or you can download the app and hear it there as well. WABC News Time 539. New Jersey Senator Bob Menendez pleading not guilty to bribery charges lower Manhattan yesterday in federal court. He and his wife and two co-defendants released on bond are expected back in court next month, what could be the start of the trial. So lots of of Democrats have asked Menendez to step down, including his co-senator, uh, Cory Booker. Uh, but the Senate leader, Chuck Schumer, has not. Uh, he says it's kind of a wait and see. And he says that Menendez is going to appear before Democrats today, actually, to talk about whether he might resign. Tomorrow, he will address the Democratic caucus and we'll see what happens after that. Yeah, so he made that statement yesterday, so that means it'll happen today. Mendez accused of accepting hundreds of thousands of dollars in cash, gold bars, gifts in exchange for using his influence to enrich three businessmen and properly help the government of Egypt. The New Jersey State Democratic Committee They haven't totally weighed in on this as well. I guess maybe they're waiting to see what Menendez might do on his own. The worth and value of a person's name is more important than a title. And that's why the call for resignation, uh, you know, has been, uh, you know, so voluminous lately. I'm not sure what he's talking about there. But New Jersey Assembly Minority Leader introducing a constitutional amendment that would suspend any elected official under indictment. They floated this thing about 15 years ago that would allow public offices to be filled on a temporary basis. Uh, they're introducing this bill, of course, because of Menendez again. Menendez, by the way, I should point out, insists that he will be exonerated and refuses to step down despite numerous high-profile Democrats calling for him to resign. 541. 
Let's go out to Long Island. DNA on a pizza crust allegedly thrown into the trash by suspected Gilgo Beach serial killer Rex Huerman matches a cheek swab taken from him after he was arrested. It was the DNA from the discarded pizza crust that reportedly helped lead to Huerman's arrest here in the city over the summer, with it reportedly matching DNA of a hair found on the remains of one of the Gilgo victims. Uh, he was in court yesterday routine hearing he could potentially be a donor for that hair but so could thousands and thousands of other people that's just in our area his defense attorney there michael brown speaking out following wednesday's pre-trial conference on long island for the former manhattan architect who's charged in three of the gilgo beach murders is the prime suspect in a fourth the 60 year old hewerman told a judge that he spends two to three hours a day viewing the thousands of pages of evidence prosecutors have against him. He remains held without bail after pleading not guilty. Now we've expanded our investigation to include others, other bodies that were recovered in that area. That's his uh, attorney who says uh, he, his client is innocent. He's an intelligent man. He's never been arrested. He wants to know wh- what is it that they have that they're saying I'm involved in this. Yeah, interesting that he's reviewing all that material himself as he sits behind bars. 542, let's stay out on Long Island. Going to be another tough day. Uh, the second of two bus crash funerals going to take place today. It was somber yesterday at Killian Parish in Farmingdale. The church adorned with the colors of the Farmingdale High School. This was the woman who was a retired teacher who was acting as a chaperone on that band camp trip bus that uh, veered off of a highway and killed her. It was Beatrice Ferrari. Uh, they had a private funeral service yesterday. Hundreds of more Mourners, family, friends, students, dignitaries saying goodbye to Ferrari, who was a retired social studies teacher, but each year would come back to take part in this band camp trip. Here were some of the people at the funeral yesterday. It was sweet, kind, religious, <laughs> loving. No words could say what she meant to this community, what she meant to the family. She was a phenomenal woman. So the grandmother and mother of two was killed along with the school's band director. Kids said they knew her, you know, because she went on the band trip every year. Even though she was having a hard time walking, she still showed up for this trip each year. She couldn't even go to the band camp anymore. They bought her a golf cart, and uh, she was still able to make it around. And the students just really love her. Yeah, another sad day today. Classes called off at Farmingdale High. Gina Pelletieri. The band leader at the school, her uh, funeral will take place later this morning. 544, let's go out to New Jersey. A woman from Verona carjacked in her own driveway. It happened 3.30 in the afternoon. She was driving a Porsche along Ford Road. They say she got out of the car. Three men approached her. One demanded her keys. The other one punched her, hit her in the head until she was knocked to the ground. Then they drove off with that Porsche and uh, a getaway car that they had been in. A neighbor here talking to News 12 said, uh, you know, this all was pretty shocking. It's disturbing. It was in the middle of the day. We were all home. I have faith in our police department, but 
you know, this is just going on for much too long. So local police actually spotted this car. They started to give chase, but they ended the pursuit when it became too dangerous to follow them. Neighbors along Floyd Road say it's concerning because the incident turned violent and we're hearing more and more about these carjackings of expensive vehicles. Be careful. Be aware. Um, you know, the sense of security that we probably felt walking down the street with our dogs and talking outside and parking our cars in our driveway is not the same. Yeah, and if this story sounds familiar, we did this one exact same thing in Connecticut last week. A guy also in an expensive car had it stolen from three guys who showed up, one who knocked him to the ground, the others who took off in the car. Uh, often happening too often in all these communities. Police say they're trying to be all over this and asking for anybody who may have had tips on this Verona case to give them a holler. 545, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk where we find Justin Allen. Thank you, Noam Allen. We'll start on the diamond here. The Yankees, they've decided to play some really solid baseball when it doesn't matter here down the stretch. Beating the Blue Jays once again last night, this time by a score of 6 to nothing to take the first two of a three-game set and secure the series win. It was the Bombers superstars who continued to shine for New York. They scared Cole, pitching a complete game two-hit shutout to near his second AL ERA title. While Captain Aaron Judge homered twice for his 36th and 37th home runs of the year. Imagine how many he'd have if he didn't miss those couple of months there in the beginning of the season. As for Toronto, they are still in position for the second AL wild card, a half game ahead of Houston and two games in front of Seattle. As for the Mets, they split their doubleheader at home against the Marlins yesterday, winning the first game 11-2 before falling in the second by score 4-2. With the win in the second game, Miami still holds their playoff prospects in their own hands. They're tied for the third NL wildcard uh, spot with the Chicago Cubs, who lost 6-5 in 10 innings to NL East champion Atlanta yesterday. Both teams there, they're 82-76 uh, and 76 with four games left, and the Marlins had the head-to-head tiebreaker. Uh, speaking of the aforementioned Atlanta Braves, with that win last night, they secured the number one seed in the National League playoffs. Also of note from that game, Ronald Acuna all but locked up the National League MVP award with his steal of second base in the 10th inning, making him the first player in MLB history to hit at least 40 home runs and steal 70 bases in a season. Quite the year out of Acuna. And now we move over to basketball with our first dose of NBA news in a while. The Portland Trailblazers traded guard Damian Lillard to play alongside Giannis Antetokounmpo. There I do it again. With the Milwaukee Bucks. Thank you, thank you, thank you. As part of a three-team deal, that also includes the Phoenix Suns, the teams uh, did announce. You know, you can just call him the Greek freak if you want to. I don't want to do that because now I'm too good at saying Antetokounmpo. Okay, good. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Portland Gnome receives Drew Holiday, DeAndre Ayton, Tumani Kamara, Milwaukee's 2029 unprotected first-round draft pick and unprotected Milwaukee swap rights in 2028 and 2030, while the Suns receive Yusuf Nurkic, Grayson Allen, Nasir Little, and Keon Johnson as part of the trade package. And last but not least, uh, uh, we got week four of the NFL season. Look forward to that gets underway tonight with this week's edition of Thursday Night Football. Featuring the Detroit Lions in Green Bay to kick it off with the Packers. The Lions are currently one and a half point favorites in what should be a tight matchup there. And so Noam doesn't have to mention it again. Apparently Swift, uh, Taylor Swift will be at uh, MetLife Stadium this weekend. Very exciting, yeah. yeah. I'm Justin Ellett. On 77 WABC now. Let's catch you up on the big stories of the morning. Maybe you fell asleep or just weren't watching the second GOP White House debate taking place. Ronald Reagan Library out in California last night. Let's see. Tim Scott, the South Carolina senator, starting things off last night. We must make sure that we honor the commitments that we make. And one of the ways that we do that, do not overpromise and then under-deliver. He says that's the problem with Republicans these days. Uh, Vivek Ramaswamy says 
he doesn't have a lot of patience for union bosses. So I understand that hardship is not a choice, but victimhood is a choice. And we choose to be victorious in the United States of America. South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley says we need to secure the border, defund sanctuary cities. When Joe Biden waved the green flag... It told everybody to come. And now we've seen six million people cross the border. We've had more fentanyl that have killed Americans in the Iraq, Vietnam or Afghanistan wars combined. Yes. So uh, Nikki Haley, let's see, there were a couple of interesting moments last night. Nikki Haley going after Ramaswamy, uh, saying that she didn't think he was too bright. Curious to hear that. This is infuriating because TikTok is one of the most dangerous social media apps yes, that we could have. And what you've got, I honestly, every time I hear you, I feel a little bit dumber for what you say <laughs> okay. because I can't believe cool. they hear you've Haley got a TikTok situation. What they're doing is these 150. Right, you get the idea. Uh, a lot of the night was people just talking over each other and you have to blame the moderators over at fox who didn't just seem to handle this all that well uh, there was a lot of people on stage seven of them uh tim scott trying to speak and then everybody trying to speak over him and it just seemed to go on forever i can't imagine how you could say that knowing that you were just in business with the chinese communist party and the same people that funded Hunter Biden, millions of dollars, was a partner this of yours as well. It's not nonsense. So look, you, you here's what I'm right Here we go. These, these are good people who are tainted by a broken system. And it's not the fault I, I think you of anybody who's involved. Some of us are tainted by Now, at some point, you just tell them all to shut up. But they, they didn't do that on Fox last uh, night. Thank you for speaking while I'm interrupting. Literally. While I'm speaking. Well, you said Biden paid for If I may finish. You can't hear anybody. You can't be on both sides. Gentlemen, you get the idea. Uh, former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie uh, saying the Biden administration not doing its job. And then, of course, taking some pot shots at Donald Trump as well. What we have to do now is first treat this like the law enforcement problem it is. Our laws are being broken every day at the southern border. Every day. And Joe Biden and his crew is doing nothing about enforcing that Florida law. Governor Ron DeSantis calling out leaders in D.C. People in Washington are shutting down the American dream with their reckless behavior. They borrowed, they printed, they spent, and now you're paying more for everything. They are the reason for that. Donald Trump is missing in action. He should be on this stage tonight. He owes it to you to defend his record where they added $7.8 trillion to the debt. And Governor Christie going after President Trump as well. Joe Biden hides in his basement and won't answer as to why he's raising the debt the way he's done. And Donald Trump hides behind the walls of his golf clubs and won't show up here to answer questions like all the rest of us are up here to answer. And this might have been one of the more rehearsed moments, but uh, here was Christie going after Donald Trump last night. You're not here tonight because you're afraid of being on the stage and defending your record. You're ducking these things. And let me tell you what's going to happen. You keep doing that, no one up here is going to call you Donald Trump anymore. We're going to call you Donald Duck. All right, so after the debate, Trump uh, attacking Christie on Truth Social said he had a 9% approval rating as governor and that New Jersey wanted to throw the bum out. Uh, Meanwhile, uh, Donald Trump not at the debate, but he was with United Auto Workers yesterday. Uh, There was a thought that he was going to talk to these striking workers and ended up it was retired workers. Not sure if the union was the one who sort of got in the way. But here he was last night saying that these union workers should be most worried about the onset of electric vehicles, that it could put them out of business. Biden's cruel and ridiculous electrical. He wants electric vehicle mandates 
that will spell the death of the U.S. auto industry. We went on to say the UAW's current negotiations don't mean as much as you think because he says regardless of the outcome of the strike, the real danger to auto workers are those electric vehicles. He's selling you out to China. He's selling you out to the environmental extremists and the radical left. People have no idea. You can be loyal to American labor or you can be loyal to the environmental lunatics, but... You can't really be loyal to both. The former president showing up just less than 24 hours after Joe Biden was on the picket line with those United Auto Workers. Let's bring it back home. Governor Hochul expanding the team tasked with combating human trafficking throughout the state. She signed a package of legislation in Flushing yesterday, which is the epicenter of trafficking for, well, it might be the entire country. That's the reality check that's facing us right now. We can't ignore this. We can't turn our heads and say, no, no, that's happening human trafficking that happens elsewhere. It's happening in our midst. One of the measures requires transit hubs to display information that may be useful to victims of human trafficking. The governor says human trafficking has become more common in industries including agriculture, construction, domestic work. And while circumstances definitely vary from case to case, what's consistent is the deeply harmful effect it has on the victims. These people lose control of their lives. They have no say. All right, let's do the last story up in Orange County in Middletown, New York. A controversial cell phone ban continues to cause major problems at the high school this year. So they don't want people and kids to have cell phones during the school day, which I think most parents would say is probably a good idea. So they have to lock them up in these pouches. Maybe you've gone to concerts where they do this as well or a comedy show. They give you this pouch. It only unlocks at the end of the show. You hold on to the pouch. So uh, every day, apparently, there's long lines to get these pouches. And some parents are complaining about that. And they say their kids should have their cell phone back okay they had the whole summer to prepare and absolutely nothing has changed there's a back check line a yonder pouch line and a metal detector yeah oh right so you have to go through a metal detector as well some high school middletown uses that magnetic lock pouch called yonder to hold students cell phones but what's interesting and not surprising is the students some of them have figured out how to open that pouch during the day so desperate to you know be on social media they know how to open it it's just so stupid they bang the phone on the floor or wherever they need to bang it and the pouch opens they need to find another way it's really bad for the kids it causes them anxiety yeah, anxiety not having the phone. Uh, the school system, by the way, pushing back against those statements, saying most parents are on board with the idea of having a phone-free uh, day in class. I'd be all on board with that. I think it's a great idea. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.